As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, book nerds. Today I'm interviewing author Michelle Campbell about her thriller title, A Stranger on the Beach. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by the Shelf Addiction Merch Store. Check out all the bookish t-shirts, notebooks, mugs, and more. Don't miss out on these original designs, perfect for any book nerd. Support the podcast and visit shelfaddiction.com forward slash merch and pick up your next favorite bookish item. Hey everyone, I am your host, Tamara Ford, and thank you for downloading this week's book chat here on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Every week we get bookish with roundtable book discussions, five-minute shelf bites, interviews, and more. Subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss out on any of this book nerd awesomeness. If you'd like to email in feedback or questions, reach out to me at info at shelfaddiction.com or call in and leave an internet voice message via SpeakPipe. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shelf Addiction. The links for everything related to today's episode, including Michelle Campbell's social media, are below in the show notes. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode, please share it with them today. Classy and I did a buddy read of A Stranger on the Beach a few months ago, and it was our first mutual five bookmark rating of 2019. You can listen to that discussion by going to the show feed on your podcatcher of choice or via the link in the show notes below. Before we get started, let me tell you a bit about today's interview guest. Author Michelle Campbell is a graduate of Harvard College and Stanford Law School. She's a former federal prosecutor in New York City who specialized in international narcotics and gang cases. A while back, she said goodbye to her big city legal career and moved with her husband and two children to a New England college town. Since then, she has spent her time teaching criminal and constitutional law and writing novels. She has had many close female friends, a few frenemies, and only one husband, who to the best of her knowledge has never tried to kill her. I was pleased to have this opportunity to interview Michelle Campbell, and I know you will enjoy this conversation. Let's jump into the interview. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here at Shelf Addiction. 
Oh, thank you. So I'm super excited to talk about your book, A Stranger on the Beach. But first, let's talk a little bit about you. Are you ready to jump in? I sure am. Wonderful. Tell us what you're reading right now. Um, so I just finished reading Dominicana by um, Angie Cruz, which is a totally stunning, gorgeous um, coming of age novel about a Dominican girl um, who moves to New York City and marries a much older man um, and just kind of her life. Um, so I finished that. And um, I am now very fortunate to have an arc of Samantha Downing's next book, which is called He Started It. And, um, oh, it's super creepy and, and suspenseful. So um, I'm, I'm reading that and uh, really psyched to, to be able to get an early peek. Oh, my gosh. I bet it is creepy because I read her other book. And actually, she was on the podcast earlier this year talking about her book that came out earlier this year. I love her voice. It's so, um, you know, she, it's so immediate and you're just really right there in the action and, uh, so kind of knowing like she's winking at you, you know? So Mm. it's, it's really cool. I'm excited about it. Oh, that's awesome. So do you have any authors or even specific books that you think have influenced your writing style? Well, you know, I've been, reading suspense and thrillers for a really long time. And there are some sort of heritage authors um, who's, you know, who write real page turners who I've been reading for years, um, including like um, Tess Gerritsen and Iris Johansson, um, Lisa Unger, Lisa Gardner. Um, uh, and in more recent times, you know, some of the modern um, female suspense writers like Ruth Ware, um, Sherry LaPena, B.A. Paris. You know, I feel like there are so many amazing female suspense writers, and I read them trying to read above the lines, as they say, just to get a sense of how are they doing what they're doing? You know, how do they plot? How do they pace? Um, Some are more character driven, some are more plot driven. And, you know, trying to kind of learn from them while still maintaining my own voice. And I think that's the challenge. Um, So right now I'm deep into rewrites on my next book. And, you know, you do worry about people's influence being, uh, too great that it'll creep in if you're reading someone while you're writing. But that is the challenge of uh, reading these great female suspense writers. Because I've heard a couple of authors say to me that they read, you know, off their genre when they're writing. Do you do that at all? So they'll read like romance or something while they're writing. Well, so I do read, you know, across genres. And I love romance and fantasy and, you know, literary fiction as well. Um, But if I were not reading suspense or thrillers while I was writing, then I really feel like I wouldn't read them because I'm usually writing. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> cause it really, you know, I'm on this book a year schedule and um, there really is not a lot of downtime in there. By the time I finish one book, I'm promoting it um, and getting it ready for publication, I've already started the next one. So um, when I finish, you know, A Stranger on the Beach, um, 
I really didn't have a lot of time before I moved on to the next book. Uh, but getting back to your question, you know, also some of the great classic thriller writers like Daphne du Maurier. I mean, I think everybody who writes in the genre is influenced by Rebecca. And maybe that, like for me, that was the book that I loved that brought me to the genre. Um, and I do feel like in my next book, there are a little bit of echoes of Rebecca. Um, and then Patricia Highsmith, you know, um, those kind of classic writers we all aspire to emulate, but they're obviously very difficult <laughs> to emulate. Mm. They're classics for a reason. Yeah, indeed. So if you have someone brand new to like thriller mystery titles and they're like, I want to stick my toe into the pond, what is the first author or book you'd recommend? Well, I think it, I would have to have a conversation with them and find out what it is that they're looking for. Um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of women who are writing really kind of modern of the moment American suspense, like, um, Rhea Fry and, uh, Andy Bartz. They, they write books that are like about young women in America now, whether it's New York or, um, you know, Jessica Strasser, um, or if they're looking for something more in a classic vein, I would say Ruth Ware. I mean, she obviously, uh, you know, she's a multi New York Times bestseller. And I think the reason that her books appeal so broadly is they really do that classic suspense thriller mystery thing where whether, you know, um, you're talking about um, a, a sort of Daphne du Maurier or an Agatha Christie, that she has echoes of those great writers. And so if you're looking for something more classic, I might point you in that direction. Okay. You have a history with the law professionally, from what I understand. Yes. Yeah, so uh, uh, on the right side of the law, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you said yes, that. you're a prosecutor, if I yes. remember correctly. Yes. How does that experience help you in your writing? Well, I think that um, it what it does is it anchors my books to a realistic sense of how a crime is committed and investigated. Um, and although I'm writing very character-driven suspense at this point in my career and not procedurals, um, which I did write in the past under another name, but what I'm writing right now is very character driven. It will still have a realistic crime with evidence and a police investigation and often court proceedings. So the, at least the first half of my books will always be kind of the setup. These are sort of relationship driven crimes. What led to the crimes? Um, who are the, the people involved? How did these crimes spring from their own, you know, damage or their own paranoia? Um, they're very psychological in that sense. Um, but then at some point in the books, a murder will occur. And when that happens, that's really where my, my, personal background comes in. And I think that what goes on the page after that is fairly authentic and true to life. I would agree. I feel like in A Stranger on the Beach, I thought the interactions, I guess, between the different police officers and stuff, I was feeling it. And even the little bit of, that we got in the court at the end there, I was like, oh my gosh, if you, you guys, if you haven't heard that discussion that me and Classy had, we go in on a few of the characters <laughs> after uh, they 
one character gets in big trouble. And that part, I have to tell you, Michelle, it was so great. Like after a few people have been arrested, uh-huh. like, oh, we were very excited about that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I do love writing law enforcement characters. And again, that comes from my personal experiences, having been a prosecutor and just knowing people um, through the job, you know, knowing um police officers, um, federal agents, other prosecutors, so that when I create those characters, I'm really reaching back to that personal experience. And um, so in A Stranger on the Beach, one of the main character's brothers was a police officer, the police chief of their town. And that ends up playing in, in a big way into everything that goes down. Um, And uh, writing their relationship, um, you know, I really felt that deeply and I really got into their heads. And it was partly that I could say, like, I've known people like this. You know, I, mm. I, I was really drawing on that. I always enjoy hearing about the process. And in your book, you had a couple of unreliable narrators and lots of drama. How did you go about organizing all of that? Are you a plotter or did you kind of pants it? How did you go about tackling all of that? Um, so... So do you want to talk about this specifically with reference to A Stranger on the Beach? Because that book actually is pretty different in structure than what I've written before. Um, So so just to, without spoilers, give a little overview. Um, A Stranger on the Beach is the story of a rich um, weekender in the Hamptons whose marriage uh, is going south, or so she believes. She's uh, Her name is Caroline, and she's just built this big, beautiful house on the beach with her husband, who is an investment banker. Um, and he has become really hard to find. So she doesn't always know where he is. And it doesn't see, she's throwing a big housewarming party for this house. And he shows up at the last minute with another woman in tow. Um, And, uh, so then, you know, she's thinking that her marriage is falling apart and she goes to the local bar in town and runs across a guy who she's seen on the beach in front of her house, um, kind of what she, she feared was casing her house. Um, and his name is Aiden and, um, she sort of falls into his arms and they go home together and have this very passionate one night stand And then as far as Caroline's concerned, that's it. Um, And from her point of view, uh, she just wants it to end and she wants to try and fix her marriage. Um, Aiden doesn't see it that way. He believes that he's in love with her and that they're in a relationship. So what you get with the structure of the book is two very different narrators. One is Caroline and one is Aiden, who appear to have completely different views of what is going on between them. She believes he's stalking her and threatening her family. And in his point of view, they're having a relationship. And she, uh, among other things, is suggesting that he possibly kill her husband. Um, so who's telling the truth and who's lying? Um, and that uh, was a really fun book to write because 
obviously the unreliable narrator is a key to suspense fiction these days, but to write two different narrators um, where the reader knows that one is lying but doesn't know which one, Mm -hmm. and to show the same events from two really wildly different perspectives um, was a challenge. Um, It was a lot of fun, but it was a technical challenge. So it it basically took um, some pretty careful plotting out and then just sort of like a lot of rewriting and recalibrating as I went along to make sure that it was plausible from both points of view and, you know, to sort of to seek out where the differences were um, between them. And so, you know, I think um, readers have really loved it and they basically say it's a wild ride and you don't know who to believe. So I I think I achieved it, (laughs) I hope. I think you did. I mean, definitely going in that he said, she said format really did, I think, ratchet up the suspense level because for myself, I did feel a little bit of like, I guess, feelings just of unsurety at the whole time. I'm like, well, I want to believe person A, but maybe it's not, you know, it's like you all, as a reader, you've kind of already set some, I guess, predetermined things in your head, which either leaves you to believe one person or the other, which makes it more suspenseful. Well, I think that's right. And I think that, um, both of them were sympathetic um, from their own viewpoints. And then um, because right now we're in such a golden era of stalker fiction, you know, with Mm -hmm. you and so forth, I think that people might be predisposed to have a certain vision of what's going on here. And then you have to sort of see, um, you know, does that uh, carry through? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I'd say that um, speaking more generally about my um, process, I am a combination of a pantser and a plotter um, in the sense that I definitely outline, but then you also have to leave room for uh, things to develop. And what I usually find is that I outline, I never look at the outline, I go through just enormous, you know, uh, struggles and I get to the end and the book that I've written is pretty much the book that I've outlined. Um, so, you know, it's a process, um, and it definitely has moments of magic and moments of pain. Oh, what is the biggest challenge? Like what brings you the most pain when you're writing the book? You know, I think the thing that is sort of hard to explain is that you can have an incredibly detailed outline and know what happens in your book, but it doesn't necessarily tell you what words to write. You know, how are you going to convey that? And I think, you know, the whole kind of challenge of show, don't tell, I could just give you an outline of my next book and tell you exactly what happens. But obviously, as a reader, what you want is to be in the moment with the characters. Um, And I think like getting that exactly right and showing the right incidents, especially because um, in modern suspense, you know, there's often multiple narrators, multiple timelines, um, and it can get really complicated. So I think that, you know, you might like have wonderful days where you're just kind of really getting some basic scenes down, but stitching it all together and making sure the reveals are where they need to be is the kind of workmanship of it. And that Mm -hmm. can be, um, you know, that can be challenging. 
Yeah, devil's in the details, right? Yes, exactly. Let's talk a little bit about Caroline. What did you like most about her character? Well, Caroline, you know, so again, without spoilers, I mean, what do I what do I love about Caroline? She's mm-hmm. uh, she is a I I would say she's a striver. I mean, she's somebody who is living this incredibly glamorous, perfect life, but it wasn't easy to get there. Um, she didn't come from that. And I think that in a lot of ways, she struggles, you know, she's, she loves her husband, but, um, she's, you know, they've been together a really long time. Um, they're empty nesters now, their daughter has just gone off to college and maybe her marriage isn't really what she thought it was or where she wants it to be. And, um, I do think that the image of perfection is important to her. You know, she, she likes the world to think that she's happy. Um, and I, I can kind of relate to that. I think that's a very human need. Um, and, um, I, I kind of feel for her when things aren't going how she planned. And I, I think her emotions are very deep. Um, but then you have to ask the question of how much of it is real. Is she telling the mm-hmm. truth? And since we don't want to have spoilers, I'm not going to go there. So, <laughs> okay, well, let, let's talk about Aiden on the flip side. I want to like to know what went into building up his character. So, you know, Aiden is just like, he's a fantasy in a lot of ways. Like I think I, I ha- so many readers have said that they just are in love with him and he is kind of damaged. He's a bad boy. Um, you know, he's like your hunky local bartender, but he has a past, he has a criminal record. Um, and beyond that, I think what makes him really sympathetic is that he's really lost. You know, he's looking for love He's looking for redemption. Um, he feels like his life has been a failure up to this point. And when he meets this woman, even in his own viewpoint, you know, let alone in hers, he really just grabs on and won't let go. And he's feeling like this is going to rescue him. Um, and I think that everybody can relate to that sense of wanting to be swept away by love and um, coming from, you know, this tough guy, I think it's very magnetic um, the way he, you know, falls for Caroline, like so hard, so fast. Um, and, and especially given that she's, you know, he's in his late twenties, she's in her early forties. She's an older woman, older than him. Um, and yet he's just like to, to, him she's perfect so so i do think i do think that's a fantasy right i think a lot yeah. of women want to be loved that way yeah it definitely is if you could describe and this came from classy this is her question so i want to make sure i got okay, it out there great. if you could describe him in only three words what would those words be oh. <laughs> uh passionate gorgeous damaged. Ooh, all true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would agree. Yes, good words. So I thought that the book was very cinematic. And uh, so did my co-host Classy. And we did a little fantasy casting for the book. Um, I'm sure you haven't had a chance to check that out. No, I'd love to hear it. Well, wait, before you before you get into that, though, you know, I, I, 
the film rights uh, were have been or in the process of being acquired. So hopefully someday <laughs> that will happen and we will, and this will be on the record out there, uh, your fantasy casting. Maybe they'll take it into account. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. But more importantly, I would like to know, since you have this, you know, possibly happening in the future, have you visualized anyone for Caroline or Aiden yourself? Well, um, of course. I mean, I've, I've definitely thought of that. I always think of that when I'm writing any book. Um, and obviously, this is, uh, has nothing to do with the actual film adaptation, which I am, I can't really talk about very much. So, um, so, but let me just say, back when I was writing, um, I had sort of a wish list in my head. Um, and I would say that there are, there are many actors who could embody either of these characters really well. Um, and with Aiden, I've thought about people like, um, Liam Hemsworth, um, Richard Madden, um, Brandon Flynn, um, what's his name? Dacre Montgomery. Is that how you say it? Who played Billy in Stranger Things? I think he would okay. be great. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. you know, and any number of other great actors out there, you know, I, I'm sure that, um, if the film ever gets made, the, the people casting it will um, find just the right person. But so those are some of the people that I could imagine as Aiden, um, as Caroline. Um, there are a lot of great actresses, um, you know, uh, Nicole Kidman, obviously, although she's super busy, gosh knows if you tried to make a movie with her, you'd probably be waiting a long time. Um, but, um, let's see, January Jones. I love her. Um, and I think she would be amazing in the room, in the role. Charlize Theron would be amazing. Um, mm, yeah. uh, who else? Let's see. Um, Carrie Russell. Um, uh, I, I've thought about Yvonne Strahovski from The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if you watch that, but I do. I, I think she, she plays Serena Joy and I think she yes. could, she could do all sorts of things. She's so talented. Um, but so I want to hear who you've thought of. Okay, well, I'll give you both um, minds and classy, and you can, okay. I guess, make your own opinion on who picked mm-hmm. better. So, so classy selected. She picked Naomi Watts for Caroline. Oh yeah, oh she'd be amazing. Yes, I picked Jennifer Aniston for Caroline. Oh well, you know, it it would be something for her to do a real femme fatale. You know, mm-hmm. I think she could. I totally think she could. Same. Um, so for Aiden, Classy picked Zach Afron. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's hot. <laughs> and I good. picked I picked Ansel Elgort. Oh yeah, he's great too, and he's uh, yeah. he's doing a lot of book to film adaptations. They'd both yeah, be and wonderful. I can see him being kind of like you know, um, I guess a little gullible and in love. Brood- I could and just sort of brooding, like I yeah. see he's kind of brooding, you know. Yeah, great, great selections. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, that was really fun. Um, is there anything else we should talk about? Oh, yes, there is. I want to talk about the audiobook a little bit. Uh, January Lavoie was your narrator. Did you yes. have any hand in picking her? Um, only in that, you know, she's narrated all my books. So she did It's Always the Husband, and she was the quiet one as well. And I've always um, said she's 
just deeply talented and she just brings the voices to life and like to the point where it's like, Oh, that's what that character sounds like, you know? And I feel like she finds their voice um, so beautifully. So I've always said, please January, please continue narrating my books. Yes. And she does a great job with the guys too. So yeah, I know it is amazing, isn't it? Like you wouldn't think that was possible, especially because she doesn't have a particularly masculine voice. And yet when she's doing the guys, it sounds exactly right. And I feel like that's what makes her so good. It's like at some point you stop hearing her and you just hear the characters, if that makes any sense. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, so definitely, you guys, check it out on audiobook. It's definitely worth the listen. Uh, So anything else about Stranger on the Beach before we move on? Um, No, I I just had a lot of fun writing it, and um, I think it's a really fun read. So I hope people will check it out. Absolutely. Oh, and I just, I'm sorry, you probably already have this somewhere else um, when this is posted. But if people go to my website, they can read an excerpt of it if they want to. And that's um, michellecampbellbooks.com. Okay, wonderful. Okay, Michelle, what can we expect next from you? Well, I'm very excited because I have another book coming in 2020. And it's called The Wife Who Knew Too Much. Um, And it's the story of... uh, a waitress um, in New Hampshire who was madly in love with a guy she met the summer she was 17. Um, He's gone off and married a fabulously wealthy older woman, um, but he comes back into her life. um, And when the older woman, when his first wife dies, um, the question is, what happened to her? Who killed her? Um, Was she killed? And uh, did did the waitress and her true love have anything to do with it? Wow. Sounds good. When is that coming out? That will be out in June, 2020 and I'll be um, posting details in the coming weeks. Okay. So you guys be sure to follow her social media, go to her websites. You're in the loop. Yes. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and, And I'm Michelle Campbell books. All we have left for this interview is the lightning round. And I'll just tell you a little bit about it really quickly. Um, So it's a bunch of questions, 60 seconds. Some are book related, some are not. Some of the questions are open-ended and others require you to pick one or the other. So fun. Yes, I only have one rule. And that is on those questions, you have to choose. You can't say neither and you can't say both. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Read five pages a day or five books per week? Uh, five pages a day. I wish I could read five pa- books a week. I just don't have time. Physical books or ebooks? Physical. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Read, uh, name a book you've read in one sitting. Let me think. That I've read in one sitting. What's the last book I read in one sitting? Um, uh, the Other Woman by Sandy Jones. Beer or wine? Wine. If you were forced to live the rest of your life as one of your characters, who would it be? Caroline Stark. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. What's your favorite place to read? Uh, On an airplane. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Be a librarian or be a bookseller? Librarian. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. And that's time. Great. Those were fun. Yeah. 
they go by fast. <laughs> and the, the the librarian versus bookseller question, that was great. Obviously, both would be cool jobs. But I mean, to me, like the thing about being a librarian is that you would have so much like ability to just be with the books. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would be maybe it's because I loved libraries as a kid and that's where I fell in love with reading. But I feel like there's a, a purity to being a librarian that it's like truly about the books and you're not like working for, you know, a company or whatever. But anyway, maybe that's just idealistic. Oh, no, I think I would love to be a librarian. And also that you wouldn't be bound by whatever your store was selling right then. I feel like you'd have like, you know, this really deep, uh, like, uh, like kind of stack of books that would be endless, including all the old classics and, you know, all that. So anyway. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. I always have a good time with it. Oh, I had a wonderful time. It was lovely talking to you. Be sure to follow Michelle on her social media and be sure to pick up a copy of A Stranger on the Beach as well as her other titles. The links are below in the show notes. It's been a pleasure. Michelle, thanks again for taking the time. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, happy reading. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed today's book chat episode and would like to show your support, there are a few things you can do. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a positive five-star review. You can follow me on Twitter at Shelf Addiction. Most importantly, you can share this podcast with friends and family that enjoy all things bookish, including author interviews. Thank you for listening, and until next time, happy reading. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.